Welcome to the FCA Board Chair and Director Leadership Podcast. This podcast is designed to increase the leadership capacity in your area. Hosted by Drew Beard, FCA Field Vice President of the Southwest Region. Listen and be encouraged, equipped, and empowered to lead others and see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. Now, here's Drew. I'm excited to welcome our special guest interview, Blake Wright, the board chairman of Southeast Oklahoma FCA. Blake is married to Shelly and has been married for 30 years. Blake has two sons, Holden and Landry. Holden is married to Elizabeth and has given Blake and Shelly their first grandson, Quincy, who's one year old. And their son, Landry, is a manager of one of their Taco Casa stores there in Southeast Oklahoma. Blake was born in Alabama in 1964. He moved to Dallas at the age of two years old. In 1983, he graduated from Garland High School in Garland, Texas. Prior to opening up his stores in Durant, Oklahoma and Calera, he was a manager of an auto parts store and was also an aircraft mechanic at Love Field. Blake has successfully ran two Taco Casa stores, his first one opening in 1987 in Durant, Oklahoma with his lifelong friend, Brian Yelton. And in 2005 of June, he opened his second Taco Casa store in Calera, Oklahoma. Blake has been a great friend since I met him in college. He's been faithful to the ministry of FCA, faithful to his church there in Durant, Oklahoma, and has done so many things with community sports, uh, been faithful to serve our local FCA ministry. Let's sit back and listen to our interview with Blake Wright. Blake Wright, thanks so much for joining us on this edition of the uh, Board Chairman and Director Leadership Podcast. Let's get started. Why don't you go ahead and tell us how you have been involved with FCA and what got you started with the ministry of FCA? Thanks, Drew. Um, I got started with FCA back in Garland, Texas in 1979 when I was in high school. I had a football coach named Steve Baker that was the director of the FCA program there at, the, at North Garland High School. And I got to experience how things worked in FCA and how you could influence others there. And uh, then once I moved to Oklahoma and opened the restaurant, I um, got to work with some folks that were uh, staff members for FCA uh, throughout the state. Um, Randy Kendrick was one, of course you, uh, there at Southeastern, and then now John Caps is a staff member there in Durant. That's awesome. So I remember you um, uh, being so vital in helping the Durant local huddle. I also remember you talking about the, the, the picture of what FCA was for you, and you remember you remember the story you walked uh, there in the field and you came around this trailer and you just saw all these kids in a huddle. And then you just, I don't remember what you said about it, but you just said that just you stopped in your tracks and realized, man, this is the impact FCA has. Yeah, it was really, really a neat experience. I'd been working with uh, John Hazel there at Durant High School, and um, and we'd had 120, 130 kids. Um, and I was late one evening, and uh, and I and I got to the uh, got to the FCA huddle, and uh, and on the field with the lights on uh, at 8:30 on a Wednesday evening. Um, I walk around the corner and I and I see groups of kids in smaller huddles and eight and ten kids in a huddle at a time, um, young people leading other young people, and and I walked up to John and I said I'm not sure exactly what FCA was ever supposed to look like, but this is it. Mm. This is this is young people discipling others and and their influence, and that's that's exactly what we all hope that FCA could do. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember you telling that story, and that's been. More than oh, more been, than eight years ago, yeah, you know, nine or ten years not, ago, yeah. yeah, and that was a, that was a big thing. So, thanks for sharing about that a little bit about your impact with FCA. I know that'll come out some more. 
Let's jump into what we did recently with the board chair and director training. You've been a board chairman now for, what, four years, five years? Yeah, five years yeah. or so. Um, we, we, when we were able to um, to get the uh, funding to get a staff member there, um, John Caps was hired, and, and uh, we office together, so that makes things uh, really easy for us to discuss and talk about. And uh, over the over the time that uh, John's been a staff member, he's kind of led the uh, board meetings, and we've all tried to uh, tried to just serve in whatever capacity that we're asked to serve. And so that's the way it's worked for about five years now, um, and we're excited because we we've uh, been to the board training. Uh, John and I both have, mm-hmm. and so the staff member and the the board chair uh, got to go see what National has in store for us, and and how they can lead, guide, and direct us so we can be more efficient there locally. Yeah, so obviously it was great to have um, all of our board chairs and directors together in Oklahoma the month prior. We had them together in Arkansas uh, the month prior that we were together in Louisiana. So it's great that we've been able to train the majority of all of our board chairmen and directors. Um, you talked about not knowing how to lead as a board chairman. What did you learn that day that has helped you begin to look at your role as the board chairman? Well, everyone that serves on our board, we have uh, nine members on our board, and everyone that, that is willing to serve is willing to do anything that they've been asked. We didn't know what to ask, and uh, and John Capps, uh, being a, a staff member, didn't want to put too much on us or didn't want to ask us anymore because he thought we were already doing more than than a board should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we got to go to the training, the great part about that was is that uh, we could both see uh, what's expected from the staff member and from the board members mm-hmm. and how that changed and how the board can uh, help support the staff uh, financially and, uh, and through logistics and those type of things that we could that we all bring to the table of different gifts. And so yeah. it's uh, it's been a really neat uh, eye-opening experience because I wanted to lead, but I didn't want to step on uh, the staff members' toes as well. So, yeah. so we we kind of did that delicate dance of of how's this going to get taken care of? Well, I guess I'll do it mm-hmm. um, with, without really having any um, straightforward expectations from either the staff uh, member or the board. Yeah. So what what that's given us was going to the uh, to the board training was uh, was some expectations on both sides. Mm-hmm. So that that helps us out tremendously because um, now the board. Um, we, we are clear on what we expect from each other and what we can expect to do for the staff member. Yeah, you talked about one of your board members. Uh, when you guys went in and put in a, a board expectation sheet in front of your board members, you said that the response of your board your board members was what? Um, we, we actually had a board member that said, wow, I, this is awesome. Um, I've never served on a board before that didn't already have these expectations as part of the criteria for becoming a board member. Yeah. So she was real excited that we're moving in that direction mm-hmm. so that when we invite folks to be um, part of the FCA board there locally now, we can hand them that board expectation and we can say, hey, look, we'd love to have you. Here's what we expect from a board member. Um, if you're willing to do these things, um, welcome aboard. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a great recruiting tool. It obviously gives you an opportunity to put people, uh, put that in front of people and let them know immediately what the expectation is so they can say yes or no. Yes. Maybe yes. maybe now, not for not forever, but maybe maybe later. Yeah, we're all at different seasons. So if if uh, being a, a board member at that time doesn't work for them, it, there's no hard feelings that mm-hmm. they can still serve in any capacity that they're willing to uh, for the local FCA board. Absolutely. So um, so what you learned as the the role of the board chairman was lead the board, lead the board meetings, and ultimately lead the board members. Um, you guys have had a board meeting since. Uh, maybe two, I don't remember, but uh, what did what changed uh, for you whenever you stepped into that next board meeting, knowing what the role of the chairman was, knowing what the role of the director was, what changed for you, and how did you lead differently 
in that board meeting? Well, John and I, uh, the local staff, uh, John Caps uh, and I, of course, visited after we'd been to the training. And, and again, we both talked about, hey, I didn't want to step on your toes. He talked about he didn't want to put too much on the board. But um, the thing that changed for us was um, for the whole board, we wanted to make sure that John knew that we were there to help support him and any other staff member that would that would serve there locally. Yeah. That um, that part of our responsibility was to help um, raise funds. Part of our responsibility was to help set up the events. Part of our responsibility was to uh, be held accountable for our budget for the year. Mm-hmm. And and John had been taking and shouldering those things um, by himself for the most part and just kind of having board um meetings and filling us in on where we were and where we were going, which mm-hmm. was which was good. It just wasn't fair to him to have to shoulder all those responsibilities. So what changed is um, is uh, I did a little more uh, talking during the meeting. Uh, we did present the board expectations uh, to the board members, and everyone agreed to move forward. Uh, we did set goals for the year with uh, how we will uh, financially be able to, um, to help out with the staff. We also set um, some expectations on how we would like to grow in that capacity in the future. Yeah, so you talk about the financial aspect, and that's just one part of the expectation. What was the response of the board members when you guys put that number in front of them, the goal that you were trying to accomplish, and how did you guys approach that when they had questions? Well, um, it, it, it was a concern for, for uh, the staff member, John Caps. It was a concern for him um, because he knew that some people could give financially and some people could give with their spiritual gifts through time or through, through efforts and those things. So he, he was reluctant to ask folks to be financially involved. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, I'll, I, I could be the guy that asks and says, these are our expectations. I said, we don't have to have, this is not going to be something we're going to go to you at the end of the year and go, hey, you, you know, you didn't, you didn't meet the the regulations that we require. It's going to be a goal that we have for board members to try and attain. One of the things we did set as a low threshold was the um, AMP membership. We mm-hmm. wanted everyone to be an AMP member if they're going to be a board member. Mm-hmm. And we set that at $50 a month as a minimum um, because most of the folks that we invite are going to be um, AMP supporters or FCA supporters mm-hmm. in some shape, form, or fashion before we ever invite them. So mm-hmm. they're familiar with how, how it works. And so so to set that bar early on at a low number, that's only $600 a year financial support from an individual board member. Yeah. In addition to that, we've asked each board member um, to shoulder the responsibility to um, raise an additional um, amount to the $600 a year that would equal around $2,500. Yeah. So we could help add that to the uh, to the local cost of doing FCA ministry there. Mm-hmm. And so... Everyone agreed to that. So if, if we have a um, an auction, so to speak, and, and someone gets a, a football autograph donated, mm-hmm. and we say, okay, we can sell that at the auction for, and we raise $100 there. Yeah. That'll go towards that $2,500 that we're raising for the ministry there. Yeah. And and that's just a goal. It's not a hard set line that we're going to draw, and then mm-hmm. as soon as you get $2,200 for the year, we're kicking you out. The good part about having that is, as we talked about in the, in the first board meeting, which was um, chair-led, was that uh, we wanted to have a goal. And if we could attain that goal, then we would raise the goal for the next year. Mm-hmm. And then if, and if someone was struggling raising uh, their share of what they wanted to raise, we could also have discussions about that and say, hey, what are you guys doing? How, how's that working for you? Uh, who are you visiting with? And, and how do you approach this? And so we could say, lift each other up and mm-hmm. we, could, we could all work towards the same goal. And that was, that was our main concern. Everyone wants to help. Yeah. We just want to be um, 
directed on how we can and then supported when we fall short. Yeah, that's great. I love the fact that you guys are communicating about it. You're working together to create the expectations. It creates buy-in. It creates an opportunity for board members to truly be a part of what's going on. So it's great that you as the board chairman are able to cast a vision uh, of what these board expectations look like. It's great to see, obviously, that you're helping shoulder the, the burdens that, that come along in ministry and our staff. Just, just by that alone, it, it builds them up. It gives them great motivation uh, uh, when it comes to that. So we're, we're looking forward to a board, chair or a, a, a board training coming up within the next month. What are some of the expectations that you might hope to accomplish um, in that board training uh, uh, coming up at the end of, uh, end of March? For us locally, it would be to uh, be on point and, and work towards the same goal that, that, uh, that we established at the beginning of the year. Again, we have a lot of great people that serve on our board. We have a lot of great support folks in, in the area. And, uh, and giving them an opportunity, um, even though they don't serve on the board, giving folks that, that are already active in the, in the ministry an opportunity to help as well, I think that's our main focus is, is, to, uh, is to allow others insight into what's going on and, and how we're doing. And I think we've done a good job of that in the past, but I think we can also do a better job of, uh, of getting that information out and inviting folks to be a part of the ministry. Yeah. Uh, final question and just, just some thoughts. The, the director and board chairman relationship. Obviously, you guys have known each other for a while. You've been in the office together. When you realized your role and what his role was, how did the, the, the types of conversations change? How did the dynamic of that relationship change um, moving forward? Um, it's it, it's really forced us, uh, John, uh, the staff member, John Caps and I, to have those discussions that were easy to um, to set aside and not have. We've had to have those difficult conversations about budgeting, mm-hmm. uh, hiring staff. We've had to have those difficult conversations about how how we can better serve our community as mm-hmm. a, as a FCA staff member and as a FCA board. Yeah. And so, some of those discussions. Um, were um, were had early on, but uh, we didn't go very deep with them. Mm-hmm. And so, for John to be willing to trust the board, mm-hmm. and for the board being willing to trust John, there's there's that um, that level of trust that we both work towards mm-hmm. towards the center, so that we can um, effectively help the ministry uh, flourish in in southeastern Oklahoma. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever you know your expectations, know the clarity of what you're supposed to do, and it immediately increases the opportunity for for communication for accountability uh for just behaviors uh, as a staff and yeah. so I mean, that's a, that's a huge blessing yeah that we, we've never been asked or called to be comfortable mm-hmm. and so what this has done for us is call us out of our comfort zone yeah. it, it's been a it's been a fun journey this last uh, few weeks mm-hmm. in in exploring the things that we know now that we have the permission to do mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and absolutely so for the last year uh, we're a year into the, the transition of uh, the new vision to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. We're into the, the new mission, the daily activity of our staff, to lead every coach and every athlete to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and His church. And we realize and know that the board um, is, is to enhance and to increase our leadership capacity in our local area. And so, uh, Blake, thanks for doing that. Thanks for stepping into that lane. Thanks for being a part of our, our training and Come alongside our staff and helping uh, build this up. Any just final thoughts for you, just as a board chairman, um, encouragement about what FCA is doing in your local area? Oh, sure. Yeah, we um, we we as a local board, um, our goal is this year to raise fourteen percent of the current budget. Mm-hmm. That's our goal. That yeah. shows you how low of a of a threshold that we started with mm-hmm. because we just weren't aware of it. Yeah. 
um, with the board training, we've become aware of more things. Mm -hmm. And as long as we're aware of it, we can deal with it. And so we're really excited about um, the goals that we've set. And we're excited about what what God can do in our community if we'll just get out of the way. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Blake, thank you so much. Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the FCA Board Chair and Director Leadership Podcast, where we seek to make disciples through our methods of engaging, equipping, and empowering coaches and athletes to know and grow in Christ and lead others to do the same.